Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's never too early to talk about the top 25 college football teams we'll see this fall and who is really the cream of the crop. My next guest breaks down the contenders and pretenders right here. It's time for the College Football Legends Podcast. The players. We're going to hit somebody and we're taking down the field. Protect them. I guarantee you that. The coaches. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The plays. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. And so much more. College football legends. Heroes come and go, but legends live forever. Welcome to Believe in College Football Legends. I'm Chris Smith. Send me a topic or question on Twitter at the Sports Jesus. That's at the Sports Jesus. We got a great show for you. And you know what else is great? Well, it's bad. Online, BetOnline AG is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get those latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's Pro Hoops playoffs. Look, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website or use your mobile device to get in on the action be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's Bet Online where the game starts. Who are the top programs heading into the fall, and how will they replace the stars that went on to the NFL? Plus, which teams need to get a little defensive and step up? We'll cover that and so much more with my special guest on the show, Jeff Mazidlo, sports writer at Yard Barker and many other platforms. Jeff has professionally written about sports, entertainment, pop culture for nearly 30 years. And now let me tell you, he's one of my favorite guests on the show. Thanks for joining me, Jeff. Hey, it's great to be here, Chris. Thank you so much. Of course, of course. And I'm always following your stories because you write some of my favorite articles, especially on Yard Barker. One in particular was titled The Way Too Early College Football Top 25. And let me tell you, it's never too early to talk college football. So let's dive right in. And we're going to start with number one, the top dog, the juggernaut from Athens who looked to three-peat. Now, it doesn't seem to matter who is the QB or how much talent they lose to the NFL, but can the top-ranked Georgia Bulldogs keep this gravy train going? Yeah, you know, I think with them, and it's not too, you know, it's not too uh, different than what we saw from Alabama in, in recent years, especially, you know, the last decade, where it's almost a case of they don't rebuild, they reload, you know, in, in that sense with that, with that talent. And I think with, with this coming uh, Georgia team, there's going to obviously be questioned uh, about the quarterback, you know, Stetson Bennett uh, wasn't the flashiest quarterback. He wasn't a guy who, you know, on, on paper doesn't really arouse, but he ended up becoming a Heisman finalist. And, you know, he's going to be celebrated as one of the uh, most successful quarterbacks from a, a team standpoint and what they were able to do. But this is really, this team is really based, I believe personally on their defense and what they're going to be able to do defensively. And they do bring back, a, you know, a, a good chunk of defensive players. Um, and, you know, on the offensive side as well, they have two, a couple of good skill players too, that, Georgia, with with the, the the way they've been able to kind of fill in these gaps and fill in the holes that they've had from the year prior, they're still head and shoulders with the talent they get. Of course, you know they're they're, they're uh, Kirby Smart does a fantastic job recruiting. Uh, I don't really see right now any team that should challenge them. At, obviously, on paper for that number one spot going into the into the twenty twenty three season. 
Yeah, returning production, 61%, 80th in the FBS, good for ninth in the FCC. And the Bulldogs open the season with four straight home games for the first time since 1999. And they don't play Alabama in the regular season. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, I think a lot of, one thing you have to do is kind of look at the, the schedule too. But really, I don't think it really matters. This team can win anywhere. And, and they've, they've proved that. Uh, no matter where they 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 have been, uh, no matter what the year, and there's just a confidence. I mean, they've. I think they're almost more confident than some of those those Alabama teams that we saw last decade and the one before, where they know that they're especially when you have that defense. And that was something that Alabama might not have had. They've had the great defensive players and the talent, but Georgia is just a fantastic defensive team, and it really starts that way, and they can intimidate you that way. And when they when they constantly, you know, they're getting they're they're getting offenses off the field quick, which means the opposing defenses are on there longer, and they'll kind of nickel and dime you with what they what they do offensively. You know, Brock Bowers is a great def- is a is a, is a is a quality tight end. Uh, probably you know may go in as being the you know the best at that position entering the season. Uh, but otherwise, it's kind of you know they, they've got a lot of ways to hurt you and a lot of different uh, uh, talented players who can who can beat you a lot of different ways. But again. It really starts on that defense, whether it's the pass rush, their ability to stop the run, and they don't give up many big plays. And and that's really when you when you think about it, it doesn't really matter where they're playing; they're just so confident. Yeah, confidence comes from a 15 and 0 record, beating Ohio State in the Peach Bowl and TCU in the CFP National Championship game. And we have on the show Jeff Mazidlo, who has professionally written about sports entertainment and pop culture for nearly 30 years. Let's take a look at the rest of the top contenders in the programs clocking in in the top five and sitting at number five is Penn State. Can they get over that hump and nab a Big Ten crown? Well, to them, it's going to be, I mean, the, the question there is, you know, is, is can they really beat, beat uh, Penn State and Michigan, you know, in, in, in that case? And, Ohio State and Michigan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, can they beat yeah. uh, Ohio State and Michigan? I'm sorry, Sometimes I'm sorry. they do beat themselves. Uh, so <laughs> Yeah. And. I think what they had a really strong showing in the, in the Rose bowl and they don't have Sean Clifford a- anymore, but I, again, this is a team that they've, they've got some depth at running back. Uh, again, their defense is, is solid and it's kind of a plug and play situation where we're starting to see that with Penn state. I, uh, based on kind of what some of these other teams have coming back and a lot of my rankings here were, we're, you know, we we're going by what we think, you know, with the portal and things like that. And that's kind of a crapshoot sometimes when you, you, you look at what to expect yeah, ever moving um, pieces. Of, of who's coming back and who's going to be coming in. But really, I think that they are that, as good as anybody else in the country. The problem is, is their own conference. And, and that's where we, we see them tending to, you know, they tend to stumble sometime and, and, you know, it, it may be the case this year. Now they they have to play at Ohio State, which is you know is never obviously easy. Um, I'll tell you the one game that I'm looking that that to circle is their first is their first Big Ten game, and that's going to be on September 16th. They play at Illinois. Now Illinois traditionally has not been a very solid or very you know consistently good Big Ten team. They've been a really a bottom you know five team for a lot of years, but last year they for a while there were challenging for that big 10 West. They kind of stumbled uh, big 10 West title. They kind of stumbled down the stretch, uh, but they're going to get Penn state at home. And I'm, I'm eager to see that, you know, Penn state does open with West Virginia, but that's a home game, but I'm eager to see how they, they handle Illinois because then you get Iowa at home, you go at Northwestern, you have a non-conference game. 
and then you get into Ohio State, and then three weeks later, or three games later, four games later, you've got Michigan. So really for them, there's an early test right off the bat. And I think that's going to tell a lot. Yeah, 11-2 and two last season, but just 7-2 and two in the Big Ten. And like you said, in the Rose Bowl beat Utah 35-21. to 21. We're speaking with Jeff Mazzillo, sports writer at Yard Barker and many other platforms. And we're talking about the way too early college football top 25. Another team that needs to replace a quarterback is Alabama. Not only was Bryce Young a Heisman winner, he went on to be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Even with all that, tell me why the Crimson Tide are still number four on your list. I think, again, there's just the, the talent. The, the freshmen that they're going to bring in are better than, you know, 90% of the rest of the, uh, of the, of the teams in the country. And, you know, their big question will be at, at quarterback and it's kind of an interesting in battle there, but I still think there's overall the talent that, that Alabama has is still better than the majority of the country. Now, really, if you, if you look at that team last year, they were, they kind of, they kind of beat themselves uh, a lot, or at least put themselves in, 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 they weren't as dominant and put themselves in positions to struggle. They had a lot of penalties. I mean, they, they, they had over a hundred penalties accepted last year, which is, you know, that lack of discipline for a Nick Saban. Yeah. For a Nick Saban team. Exactly. Is, is really kind of questionable. And I think that's something where they might have to look at themselves. The other question too, again, I think it's skill positions. There's still a lot of depth there. Uh, The quarterback, you know, they can, they will give up big plays defensively where Georgia won't. The thing is, you know, in the trenches is where is really where Alabama is head and shoulders above a lot of teams and most teams in the country. And I think that's still going to stand out. Um, quarterback, the quarterback situation is going to be interesting. Tyler Buckner is, is a guy. He, he, he actually kind of decided to to transfer late once uh, they, they realized that Sam Hartman's going to get the, probably get the number one job at, at Notre Dame, a transfer from Wake Forest. Exactly. So Buckner going in there, Jalen Milrow uh, and Ty Simpson. Those are a couple other guys uh, that are going to be in that mix. But I don't know if, again, it's going to be dominant. They're going to be a dominant team, uh, as we've seen. But I think they're good enough to uh, to certainly contend to win that division. Whether we're talking college football playoff again, it's, you know, they're going to have to win some, they're going to have to prove themselves. Because I think last year, you know, we, we've seen this now more than once in the last couple of years with Alabama in in where they need, you know, how they're they're, they're going to have to bounce back in, 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 in a way. And they've got, you know, the, the favor, the, the, Actually, the, the schedule, though, kind of favors them. If, if you look at it, they do have to go to, to Mississippi State and Texas A&M, uh, but they, they get Tennessee at home, they get LSU at home, and then they, they close out at Auburn. So I think from us, and they get Texas at home, too. So, and Ole Miss. Those are, you know, some, some of the better teams on their schedule, but they get them all at home. So I think that's to their advantage. That's probably why I have them where they're at in this ranking. Yeah, well, they can also open up strong, opening the season with three straight games versus non-conference opponents. And we're speaking with Jeff Mazidlo, sports writer at Yard Barker and many other platforms. There also seems to be a theme with new faces under center in your list and the top programs, which is always the case in Columbus. Not only does your third-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes lose C.J. Stroud, but now they have a new thorn in their side in Michigan. Can Ohio State reload? And that's, you know, I wonder now, you know, for all the, for, for so many years, we talked about how it became a mental thing with. Absolutely. You know, that's all we that talked that about Mich- a couple of seasons Mich- ago. Michigan couldn't beat Ohio state. Well, I think that might have reversed, especially what we saw last year uh, at, at happening at Ohio state and that second half 
that Michigan put on Ohio State is some of the best football I think Michigan fans have seen in a real long time and a very encouraging sign. And and also, too, with, with Ohio State is now, again, you've got to go back to Michigan. But there are teams with where you don't have that dynamic quarterback, or at least, you know, in, in C.J. Stroud. And we don't know. Kyle McCord is, 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 seems to be the guy that is 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 going to you know probably step up and 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 take that spot while you know we're not we're not certain he he kind of um he looks like he should he could be the number one guy Devin Brown is also in in that mix but there's there's questions there you know they still have they still have a good running game I think their defense is going to be solid but Michigan has the stars when it comes to skill position right now and I, I think that's safe to say uh, JJ McCarthy, there's no question who the quarterback is this year. That's a, you know, that that's a big deal. And having Blake Corum back, and if he could stay healthy is really huge. He, you know, he rushed for almost 1500 yards last year and he was hurt at the end of the year there. Uh, Donovan Edwards is a, is, is a very solid back. Um, their defense, I, I think it, it has the potential to be better. They did lose some, some, uh, some key players defensively Michigan. That is, but I, th- I think it comes down to those two, and you know, again, Penn State will be that wild card if, if, if we believe kind of the hype that that uh, Penn State is trying to sell already. But I still think it, it's these two teams. And Ohio State, you know, they've got they get Notre Dame early. Um, that's gonna yeah, be they a wrap fun up one. September with the first trip to South Bend. Yeah, so that that's going to be a, a a real interesting matchup. And then you know, you go to Purdue, you go to Wisconsin. I mean, those are games where you know maybe in recent years you wouldn't think that that Ohio State could lose them but really I, I think we're gonna there's gonna be uh you know, right off the bat that that Notre Dame game to me is going to be key we, it's yeah you, they do wrap up um their non-conference portion of it because they do open with Indiana going to Indiana but yeah I'm going to be interested to see especially the quarterback play but to me their defense is still pretty good and that's going to keep them in it whether it's good enough and again it's going to be you know we, we've got months until they meet but I think on paper and what's coming back and what we've seen in the last couple of years, and from a confidence standpoint, that yeah, the the the, the momentum has really shifted to Michigan and favoring Michigan when it comes to talking about the game. Absolutely, four of the Ohio State's final six games come against the only other programs to win a Big Ten title since the conference adopted a championship game format in 2011. They got Penn State, Wisconsin. Michigan State, and like you mentioned, Michigan. We'll have more college football legends right after this. Welcome back to Believe in College Football Legends. I'm Chris Smith, and we have on the show sports writer Jeff Mazidlo, and we're discussing his article, The Way Too Early College Football Top 25, and you can find that on Yard Barker. And sticking with the Big Ten, has the pendulum swung in the direction of your number two ranked team, the Michigan Wolverines? Yeah, and I think you know they've been able to prove themselves. One, they I think getting finally winning the Big Ten championship, getting that kind of monkey off their back is a big deal. And now they've gotten themselves to the college football playoff as, as well. And the showings haven't been great there. And I think it's it's a matter of the next step for them. And again, if they're able to take care of business, you know the old the old cliche, I guess, in in the regular season, and then win that game against Ohio state. And at the end, and if that's, if that's enough to, to, to put them in the championship game and get them back to the, to the playoff, I think, you know, you're going to start the, there becomes now a new kind of hurdle for them 
Because if these guys stay healthy, I think offensively, this could be a very explosive offensive team. And I think that they're going to be tough to stop because McCarthy is confident. He's got that year as an undisputed starter under his belt. You know, he, he's a fantastic quarterback anyway. You've got the depth at running back. You've got some solid receivers. They did have, you know, they did, um, have, uh, they did, they did lose some to the portal, but, and the draft as well. But I like this team just for the offense and the defense, I think will, will be above average, maybe not as, as good as we've seen the last couple of years in Big Ten play. But overall, I think, I think Michigan is there. The question is now if they're able to, to get through the regular season, get themselves into the playoff again, is this the year where they're able to, to do some damage and actually get themselves into a championship situation? Yeah, well, Michigan does have a great opportunity to open the season running as they open the year with four consecutive home games and will not leave the state of Michigan until September 30th. And since so many in the top five play each other, who do you see falling back? You know, I, I think I think Penn State is probably that one team. And, and if Alabama is to slip in those, those two road games that I mentioned, uh, at Memphis State, at Texas A&M, again, you know, not teams that were we're, we're, we're talking a lot about, you know, at least in, in this, uh, in, in this, this ranking that, that I have, but you'll come the regular season. And at that point, uh, during the season, it's going to be interesting. If anytime you go on the road in the sec, it's just strange. I mean, it's, uh, it doesn't really matter who the teams are. We saw Georgia, you know, last year, almost lose at, at Missouri. Absolutely. Um, and, but if, if Alabama can get through those, I think they're okay. Penn State to me again. That Illinois game is is one that I that I'm really looking at to be um, that that early test. And I don't want to say it's a trap game because I think Illinois has got some expectations, even though they've got to do some work at you know fill some holes on on the offensive side. Um, Michigan, as you mentioned, pretty easy pretty easy uh, non conference slate there. Uh, Ohio State going to Notre Dame, I think. I, and that's going to be a huge game, but I, you know, Notre Dame to me is is a team that's I, I, I thought they were going to be a lot better than they were last year. In fact, I had why well, they were my preseason pick to get to uh, to the college football playoff. That didn't happen. Um, they've got a new quarterback. They've got another year under Marcus Freeman. Um, but I think you know, Al- right now Alabama and Penn State are the two teams that I look at as possibly having that early slip up and having those those early tests that will I think go a long way and kind of. Uh, uh, showing who they're going to be as the season goes on. You talked a lot about the offense, but which program in your top 25 will need the defense to step up in order to climb in the polls? Number 18, Kansas State, 20, Mississippi, or 24th-ranked North Carolina? Well, I think North Carolina, is that that's probably the one team where, for, for me, they're fun to watch offensively. They have a lot, you know, they're always exciting but they just have not been able to play good defense. I mean, this is, you know, they, they, they were allowing over 30 points, barely over just over 30 points a game last year. They weren't really uh, that stout the year before. And when you, you kind of get in this, this, you know, this up and down this fast paced kind of uh, uh, game. Yeah. You could play with them on one end, but they have not been able to stop anybody when it counts really. And, and that's something that, you know, they they should be better than what we've been seeing, but I think that's keeping them back. Yeah, they did they did get to the to the the ACC championship game, and and that was, um, you know, that was big for for the program. But I don't see, I don't I think that that's the team that if they do believe that they can can take it to the next step and actually win the overall conference championship, 
they're going to have to prove some people right defensively. And, you know, they, they, they have some, they, they, they've tried to make some upgrades, but we'll see overall if that could actually will be the case this year. And, um, you know, Kansas state, that's a team I like, I, I think Chris Kleiman, uh, back in my days, uh, uh, of covering the FCS, uh, I saw yeah, him and he's going to be there for the next 30 years. I found out the right, other right. day. I, I saw him, so I saw him he got he a nice, uh, hunk of change. What he was able to do by stepping in at, at, at you know, at, at FCS power, um, North Dakota state, and they didn't skip a beat with him. And he was really, uh, you know, he was a, he was a guy that just, he, he knows how to coach defensively. I think, you know, again, that's a, that's a team where a, a lot will be, uh, you know, they'll, they'll look at the offense, um, where that's where the attention is at. But, you know, they, they held opponents to six or, or fewer. Uh, they held six opponents to 17 or fewer points last year. Mm-hmm. And they had, you know, a couple, they didn't allow a point in, in two games. So that's where there's that potential that we could see them again uh, challenging for a conference. So, because they were, they were a fun team last year to watch. And I think that could be the, uh, uh, maybe, they, even though they're the, um, they won the league title, they won the Big 12 title. I mean, I don't know how many people are really talking about them to, to think that they can do it again. But I wouldn't put anything. I think Chris Kleiman is an underrated coach, and I think he's someone who could be, uh, who, who you need to pay. To, I know he, he got the money, but I, you know, people still don't talk a lot about him because he doesn't, again, draw a lot of attention to himself. But I think uh, overall their defense is, is probably what may have to carry them if the offense with some of these, you know, trying to bring in some new guys. You know, they, they have Treshawn Ward, who's coming in from Florida State, who uh, didn't really get an opportunity there, but he's going to have to to replace Deuce Vaughn, who's you know stud the last couple of years uh, uh, running the football for the Wildcats. Yep, we have on the show Jeff Mazidlo, and we're discussing his article on Yard Barker, the way to early college football top twenty-five. I suggest you check it out now. Plenty more nuggets in there. All right, let's go with some crush it or flush it. Because sometimes we're burned out picking some of those teams that always are hyped up high, but they fail to meet expectations, even if those expectations are unrealistic. So crush on them if you think they will exceed expectations or flush them down the drain. And we're going to start with number nine on your list, Notre Dame. Are you crushing or flushing? I'm going to flush them right now. Just because... I was really disappointed with with uh, with how they they played last year, especially you know the start they got off to, and I'm not saying that Marcus Freeman is not the right guy for this job. I think he's he's a fine coach. I think he, he got them to bounce back uh, in, in a big way last year. But again, you know that's a place where it's all about national championships, and you know you're if Sam Hartman is to to be the guy, it's it's you know it looks like it's probably a one year your thing um the early schedule sets up pretty pretty well for them i mean again you know you've got ohio state in 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 late september you know they go to north carolina state their first road game but i don't know otherwise i don't you know to me that back end of the schedule is tough usc Pitt, clemson that's a that's a run of you know three straight games you know in the middle of october and into november that's going to be the turning point for them i believe even regardless of what happens against ohio state but right now, I'm not buying it. I think they've got to prove themselves. Yeah, got off that at 0-2 start last season. And like you said, September 23rd, Ohio State at Notre Dame. Next is number 16, Oregon. Are you crushing or flushing? I'm going to crush them right now. I, th- wow! 
I think that's a team. Ooh, they're happy in Eugene. (laughs) That's a team that I actually, you know, they've kind of been been back and forth on them uh, the last couple of years. But you have this this renewed confidence of Bo Nix, who probably wonders why I just didn't, you know, I know my dad has the ties to Auburn, but why I just didn't go to Oregon to begin with, you know, because he's really, what he was able to do, and who knew he could run that well? I mean, you know, that was uh, what he was able to do last year. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I really like this team. And to me, I think, like I mentioned earlier, they're going to be in that mix with, with USC. I think they're, even though uh, USC is kind of, uh, the talent might be, I think they're a better team than USC. It's going to be interesting uh, how they match up with, you know, when, when they have to, to play Washington, because they're going to play Washington and they're going to go at Washington. Um, they have to go to Utah, but I like them to win one of those two games and then beat USC at home on uh, November 11th. Ooh, prognostication from Jeff Masito, <laughs> who has professionally written about sports entertainment and pop culture for nearly 30 years. I still want to get to the new kids on the block, the coaches on the hot seats, all those new quarterbacks, and what teams are going to catapult into the college football playoff or drop out of the polls all together. You have to check out that article by Jeff on Yard Barker. It's the way too early college football top 25 chock full of info. All right, it's time to go. Y'all ready for this? Three and out. It's time to go three and out with sports writer Jeff Mazzillo. Three lighter questions to close out the interview. All right, not only are you write articles about sports, but entertainment and pop culture for over 25 years. So what is your personal cult movie favorite from your 25 best cult classic films of all times article? Uh, There's some good ones in there. I just, I want to, <laughs> real quick, I wanted to go back and watch at least a dozen of them over again. I think my favorite, my favorite has, has probably been for, uh, for a long time, uh, has, has always been The Warriors. Oh, that uh, was my, I can't, Warriors I, I come mean, out to was, play. That was, that was one where. It made I, me want to be in a gang. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And, and uh, I, I remember it when I was a kid and it was out and it, I, back, back in the day, I'm probably, I'm certainly dating myself and. Um, so am I. ABC used to show the late movie at like 1030 at night central time and one night it came on and that's where I was, I was, I was probably uh, 10 years old, maybe 11. And that's where I first, the baseball furies, I think I ended up going in high school as good costumes three years as the baseball furies. (laughs) We would terrorize the streets of the South side. Welcome boppers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which is, yeah, that, that's definitely uh, 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 up there. And I, I would say to me, that's still, still one of my one of my favorites and and you know and then i i I don't know if it's as much as a a cult classic anymore because it's it's actually become pretty popular but um dazed and confused is always a great movie oh yeah Um, you had had some great great richard linkletter i mean that's there's some great lines i think one of the more underrated movies on that list is they live which is uh roddy piper for wrestling fans yes there uh, rowdy roddy piper yes and uh if you haven't seen it, 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 it involves, it has the, the greatest, in my opinion, one-on-one fight scene of all time. Oh, where Piper is fighting uh, Keith David, who is his, his co-star in this. And the fight scene is, it's, it's a, it's, 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 
it's a wrestling style fight scene with body slams and suplexes <laughs> and, uh, and they do it in an, in, like in an alley and the fight scene is like 10 minutes long. I'm not joking. The oh. movie's only like an hour and a half long, but you know, a good <laughs> chunk fun. of it is the big a fight scene. It is, it's a John Carpenter movie and it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, I'm going to go back and watch that um, yeah, one as those, well. Those, those are, those are, those are probably my three. Oh, and Heather's too. Heather's was another movie that I was, I was out when I was in high school and yeah. Spinal Tap, Better Off Dead was one that, yeah, jumped yeah, out that's, at that's, me. That was that was probably yeah, movies that, that probably could never be made now. I they they would not a lot make of these, these yeah, random movies. bizarre ones. <laughs> you cannot you cannot make uh you cannot make uh others now no no that cannot be done and, and it's uh but yeah it's um those are fun those are those are fun lists and uh yeah really everyone on that that was I Office Space I I just saw that a couple oh, days ago yeah they've been running that a lot where I like it's that. on you, you got to keep it on the and, stapler you know, yeah anytime I see a yeah. stapler now of course <laughs> right right I got to get a red swing light stapler yeah. <laughs> that's why you got the best articles number two we're gonna <laughs> stick with another article let's turn to music the best bass players of all time besides the ox who would you go back in time to see or having your band if you were starting one wow that's a uh that's a good i think the one guy uh that i would like to see that um and i've seen metallica over a dozen times and i but this was obviously after the cliff burton years but by all accounts and with the story you hear he was just a um he was just a wizard with the the bass he kind of was you know he, he he the way he tuned it the way he played it it was like this kind of space age sound coming out of it um and for you know for a metal band he was it was really it was so, they metallica's never really been considered progressive i don't know anybody who would call them a progressive or ash band but he kind of gave them that that kind of aura and if you listen to um anything you know ride lightning their second album and, and then master of puppets the third one he's he's all over it his bass solos are are tremendous I mean, he's the only guy that i know of that they they just made sure they had a bass solo on every the first three albums had one um and uh yeah showcase yeah yeah he's the one guy and then i know another fun guy and i have never seen them live actually which is i wish i i i have um uh, is Primus and Les Claypool. Oh, it was just yeah. a, a lot of fun. And interesting Distinct. when 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 Burton Cliff Burton died and Metallica was a pretty popular story, I think, when uh they were trying out bass players, auditioning bass players, uh Les Claypool was one of them, but they're kind of like the 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 other, you know, the three members surviving members are like, yeah, I don't know if you, first of all, you're you're better than anything, you're better <laughs> than all of us. And I don't know where you would even fit in. And then he goes Absolutely. and makes Primus and he's uh um yeah, so uh yeah, he was he, he was one guy. And, um yeah, actually I, I, I saw the Who this this past a uh, few months ago. But oh nice Ed Whistle's not there, but but uh that was uh you know he just the stoic you just that's why they called him the ox he just kind of stood there and um you know i i think there's uh yeah that that's a great you know that's the the one you know the sometimes the rhythm section doesn't get a lot of credit and uh yeah that's what i saw know, pop up um right you know when when you when you look at uh some of those guys that are that are on the list a lot of them are in class you know the modern day uh jesse keeler is probably one of the more modern day players who is uh you know, he, he almost plays it kind of like a guitar and, and that's, uh, where they're doing, they're doing stuff that it's more innovative. It's more progressive. 
it's uh, kind of, you know, he's got a little bit of a dance kind of punk vibe to it. It's kind of weird, sure. very unique, very creative, very experimental. And if anybody hasn't, you know, seen him, he does a lot of, he, he does a lot of session stuff. Um, and, and, uh, you know, he's, he's one guy to, to definitely keep an eye on. So those are, you know, those are some of the, uh, the real, but, you know, I don't think you, you, you hear, you get a lot of attention play or uh, paid to, um, some of these just individual musicians, except for your, your lead guitar players. And today, I don't know if there's really a lot of people rising to prominence that, that are getting the attention that probably do deserve. To. Yep. This is why. You're my favorite writer, Jeff Mazzillo, not only writes articles about sports, entertainment, and pop culture as well. And finally, I'm a foodie in your alma mater, Northern <laughs> Illinois University. We haven't talked about it in a while, but the way you describe it, I got to go and I still haven't. The legendary beer nugget. What is it for those who do not know? Well, it's basically just a fried piece of dough that's kind of in the shape of a cube. You had me uh, a fried piece of dough. And uh they have and i it's sad to say that i do get up to northern i get up to dekelb uh every so often and the number of places that that uh serve them now have dwindled which is uh you kind of have to know where to go to find them so what it is is it's a it's a it's a you know a bite size uh, maybe eater size uh piece of dough and um they fry it and you have like a marinara sauce. Uh, I also like to get it with a size of like nacho cheese, melted nacho mm. cheese. Oh, there you go. And the one of the places that I go to up there, it's called uh, Pizza Villa. If you're ever up in DeKalb, okay, a free plug for them. And uh, because that's the only place right now that I know that you can get them. Uh, and you can they sprinkle some Parmesan on top. Oh, and so that just extra. adds to the calories. It adds to the goodness. <laughs> uh, they also they also do a cinnamon topping too if you want like kind of a oh, sweet a little uh, sweet yeah so yeah and that's great you will you can you know up in in the and also in, in certain parts of the Midwest you will find them on menu they'll call them pizza nuggets they'll call them beer nuggets um, I know there's places in um, in 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 the western uh, uh, the northwestern part of the Illinois kind of on that Michigan Iowa or sorry the the Wisconsin Iowa border that has them to they kind of just they, they'll pop up every now and then where you don't expect them but uh, yeah that is still what with as far as food goes that's what uh, northern illinois university is still known for oh, and, uh, gotta uh, see if they deliver definitely a must and uh after a a night out uh on the town it is a it's, it's a great way to put you to sleep so <laughs> it absolutely sounds like it is well we've been speaking with jeff mizidlo sports writer at yard barker and many other platforms discussing his great article the way too early college football top 25 and we got some good food in base and you definitely got to check out his entertainment and pop culture articles as well thanks for joining me again jeff no problem chris i appreciate it thank you so much and as always believe in college football legends is presented by bet online Thanks for listening to the Believe in College Football Legends podcast. Make sure to check out all the prior episodes with Heisman winners, legendary coaches, and sports personalities reliving the greatest plays. You can tweet your questions at the Sports Jesus and join us next week because it will be legendary. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.